sincerity that I present this recording as a living testament and regulation of history in the making during our generation. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho. H to the OV. I used to move snowflakes by the OZ. I guess even back then you can call me CEO of the ROC. Welcome to the Foreclosure Deals Coach Podcast, your home for the mindset, methodology, and tools needed to be a successful foreclosure acquisition specialist. And now your host, the Foreclosure Deals Coach, Donnie Corum. Hey there and welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Donnie Corum, your Foreclosure Deals Coach, and thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of the Foreclosure Deals Coach Podcast. I am at the Creative Density Studios shooting this podcast today with my main man and producer, Mr. Jonathan Winston. What's up, Jonathan? Uh, not much, man. I'm excited to be here. It's been a little bit. I'm glad that we're back to give these people a little bit more info on this foreclosure. Absolutely, man. I got to tell you, people have been blowing my phone up, man. Just getting a lot of lot of questions, a lot of great stuff going on. We got an incredible show for you to talk about what's going on with the market. But before we get to the show, we always like to bring you the latest and greatest news in the foreclosure industry. And I got a really cool article that was published in the Dallas Morning News that says, Home foreclosure rates at a 20-year low thanks to the housing boom. Now think about that. We have less foreclosures on the market right now than in 20 years. Now you're thinking to yourself, why would you want to be a foreclosure deals coach if there aren't any foreclosures, right? Good question. It's, it's a tough job. I'm not going to kid you, right? Well, why would you specialize in a marketplace that has so few? Because nobody else is following the foreclosure market quite as closely as we are. See, ladies and gentlemen, if you ask Warren Buffett, one of the richest people in the United States of America, the first thing he was going to tell you is find out what everybody else is doing and then do the opposite, right? And I believe that down to my core. See, if the whole market is blowing up and everybody's buying a house, you need to be considering should you be buying at the very top of the market where there are very few foreclosures or should you be looking for a great deal in the foreclosure market by looking at the bottom of the market. Here's the thing, if foreclosures are currently at the lowest point they've been in over 20 years, what do you think has to happen to the foreclosure market moving forward? Gotta go up. It's pretty obvious, right? I mean, at the end of the day, if, if things are bottomed out, if you're at the bottom, well, we can't go into negative foreclosure rates unless banks start giving houses away. By the way, if you're a bank and you want to give me a house, I am available. I will take I that. I would like a house, promise. Mr. Bank. Send it over, right? Since we know that's not going to happen, what we do know is that the market's doing so well that less and less houses are foreclosing, that what has to happen next, logically speaking, is the foreclosure has to head the other direction. And my advice to you, our fine listeners of the Foreclosure Deals Coach podcast, is to get out in front of this. Know what's going on in the foreclosure market and try to pick off a great deal in the marketplace with the few that are available. Now, there's going to be a ton of deals as the foreclosure crisis continues, and there are certain cities where the foreclosure market is not at the bottom. They're talking about, nationally speaking, we have less foreclosures than we've had in over 20 years. So as a listener of this podcast and as someone I hope who wants to invest in real estate and investing in real estate might mean buying a house that you purchase to rent out, buying a house that you purchase to flip, or even buying a house that you purchase to live in with your family for years to come. But if you're looking to find a deal in the marketplace right now, regardless of where you are in the country, you need to be focused on the fact that the foreclosure market is starting to bottom out. And now is a good time to be getting into that marketplace. Does that make sense? 
So we want to make you a part of that. So the whole essence of this show is to give you details on how to enter the foreclosure marketplace. In addition to being a real estate agent for the past 15 years, a full-time real estate investor, a real estate appraiser, and a mortgage broker, I can give you the resources you need as a listener to enter the foreclosure marketplace. And if that's what you're looking for, then we certainly want to be a part of that. So let's go ahead and get to the show. We've had uh, several great user questions. And once again, I want to thank you guys for sending in user questions to us. Either hop on the Call to Foreclosure Deals page or the Foreclosure Deals Coach page. You can submit questions there by message. If you have a question related to foreclosures, we're happy to field it. But one question we picked up was, what drives the foreclosure market? Now that we know it's at the bottom, what causes the market to move one direction or the other? Right now, if you know anything about the stock market, you know that what drives the stock market is fundamentally supply and demand. Right, if there are more buyers than there are sellers of the stock, then the stock goes up. Right, if there are more sellers than there are buyers, it goes the other direction, it goes down. Seems pretty obvious, right? Same kind of thing going on with the foreclosure market as we speak. You see, if you're a distressed homeowner with a house that's a little bit below par right now, you still have a potential buyer for that home because there are a ton of buyers in the market and not as many sellers as there are going to be when things reverse the other direction. And what is causing all these buyers to enter the marketplace? Well, in a word, guys, follow the money. That's three words. You get the idea. Follow the money, all right? Because when you follow the money, you understand that interest rates are at all-time lows. I got, you know, as a mortgage broker, I talk to mortgage brokers a lot, okay? And in the better part of the last two decades, we have not seen interest rates as low as they are today. That's awesome, right? That's really great. Or it's not. And I'm going to tell you why, okay? Wait, the, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, listen, you set yourself up for that. I was, you opened the door uh, and I walked in. I'll That's be, all I'll, you. Your bad. Overzealous. Uh, <laughs> It's wrong because here's what's happened. If you keep interest rates at lows for too long, inflation starts to run unchecked. Here's what I mean. If you have a lower value of the dollar and you devalue the dollar by reducing the interest rate, if the dollar is not worth much sitting in a bank account because the interest rates are very low, you tend to want to use that money for its highest and best use, right? Banks are now going, I'm gonna, we're going to flow a bunch of money into the mortgage market, right? But interest rates are really low, so a lot of people are buying. A lot of people are buying, driving up the cost of homes, which is a byproduct of inflation. Have you noticed, depending on your locale, that the houses around you seem ludicrously expensive right now? Hmm. We're in Denver, Colorado, okay? One of the best cities in the world, in my opinion. Of course, I'm biased because I live here, okay? And a small house near downtown is starts out in the $500,000 range, maybe five, six hundred grand. Have you seen that? I was in disbelief when I saw it, yes. It's crazy, right? And what drives, when prices go way up, owners are like, well, if it costs as much to buy it, I can charge a lot more to rent it, right? Mm. So now rental markets come up along with it. So it's becoming nearly impossible to afford to live in the city of Denver. Now, we're not the only city that has that problem. New York City is nearly impossible to live in, right? right. San Diego, right? Look at these large-scale cities. It's just very expensive to live in, right? So... As long as interest rates are low, there's a huge amount of buyers because they can borrow money at a very low rate and they can leverage that money to buy a property, keeping buyers in the market and driving prices up. But if interest rates are so low, what do you think, just like the foreclosure market has bottomed out, if interest rates are at all-time lows, what do you think the bank's going to do with interest rates now? We know this. 
You got this one, right? I caught you last time. Yeah, you catch yeah, me. It's good. Going up, like man. They're going to go up, right? And, and interest rates have to go up because if they don't go up, inflation will remain unchecked. Now, I'm not telling you interest rates are going to go up tomorrow. I'm not telling you it's going to happen in, in six months. I can be honest with you and tell you I don't know when interest rates are going to increase. But I do know they have to increase. You see what I'm saying? And when they increase, the buying power of that house that, that the buyer was struggling to make the payments on at 400 grand, right, just went from $2,000 a month to $2,400 a month to buy that exact same house with a minor 1% increase in interest rates, mm. right? And that's going to translate into less buying power for buyers, which is going to reduce the ability to buy it. But these houses are already so expensive. Right? So the sellers don't tend to catch up on this interest rate increase as soon as the market does. Meaning sellers are thinking, well, heck, my neighbor just sold his house for $550. Why can't I get $550? Hmm. That just seems logical. So they fight. There's a resistance that goes on. Right? No, no, I'm holding on tight. But then days on market go longer and longer. Buyers stop showing up. And the seller who now really needs to sell that house starts to drop his prices. Right? He continues to drop his prices, but maybe the market doesn't catch up then, right? And now you've got a seller who's over leveraged on his property. He's hit the very bottom of what he can sell it for because of what he bought it at. He can't sell it. He's been moved out of the state. He's making a payment on a vacant house. And what do you know? It forecloses. Right? That's what drives the marketplace, guys. Interest rates, and I can tell you, most markets, whether we're talking stock market, cars, whatever, you can track it back to the one element, which is the money. And the money is tracked by what the interest rate is on it. Because if banks are interested in lending money on, on houses, which they are, because there's a lot of that going on, that's a good thing. But if rates continue to go up, it doesn't matter if the bank's interested in lending money if the guy can't afford to buy the house. You see what I'm saying? Yes, so. Sir. Buyers are heavily in the market right now because rates are low, but if rates increase, it will push most buyers out of the market. And that will affect the top end at first, and like a trickle-down effect, it will slowly but surely go down the hill, resulting in houses that are kind of unaffordable now becoming very, very unaffordable because interest rates are so high. So my advice is not to scare you. I tell you this because I've actually seen this happen in the last big foreclosure crisis, which was in the 2007-2008 crisis. Right? What happened is interest rates, they were really low for a while. They went so high in the subprime era that everybody with a pulse could qualify to buy a house, <laughs> right? which drove a lot of people to buy a house. But the rates were so high, the payments got prohibitive. When the payments were so high, people couldn't rent the property at what their payment was. So a would-be seller turned into a not-wanna-be landlord who turned into a foreclosure situation and that happened on such a large scale that large lending institutions couldn't keep up with the amount of houses they were getting back in inventory forcing some of those lenders to close their doors taking even more mortgage money out of the marketplace ultimately reducing the amount of buyers in the market and that drove us into crisis so what's going to drive all of it interest rates right and coupling with interest rates we have the unemployment market i will tell you that's another whole discussion for another time but unemployment is also at an entirely low position, lowest it's been in a very, very long time. When you start seeing rises in both interest rates and unemployment, I got to tell you, watch out. Um, I'm seeing a trend here. Everything's at the lowest it's been. Everything's at the lowest in history right now. Everything's the lowest it's been in the last 20 years. So like you're saying, we just got to stay, we got to stay focused. We got to stay ahead of the game. That's what we're here to help you with. Right. And why is this good news for you? Because you're listening to this podcast today and you understand that you're looking to buy a deal, not a house. 
right? And if the market does correct, which it has to do, if you've bought a house and you've already bought it 10, 15, 20% below market because you're a smart buyer, not a retail buyer, and we know that to be the case because you're taking the time to listen to my voice right this moment, okay? So as a smart buyer, you understand you don't want to buy at the top of the market. The market is topping out. You want to buy at the bottom. Never before because there are so few foreclosures. When the foreclosures do hit the market, the deals out there, guys, are absolutely incredible. Don't let anybody tell you there are no deals on the marketplace. If you've got a real estate agent saying you can't find you something below market, fire that guy, get somebody else. Okay? Because the bottom line is the deals are there, but because there's not a bunch of them lying in the streets right now like there were in the last foreclosure crisis, they are much harder to find. Okay? And that's okay because if you're a patient buyer willing to wait for the right deal, not the right house, you're going to be okay. But if you get impatient and you buy a property just because you need to own a home, you may find yourself a part of that upcoming foreclosure crisis. And I want nothing more than to avoid that happening to you. Right? Because by informing you as to what is inevitably going to happen next, hopefully I can steer just a handful of buyers out there to look for a great deal in the marketplace rather than just buying a home when buying a home in this market could prove extremely dangerous for you if you buy incorrectly. The good news is, whether you buy incorrectly or not, interest rates are so low right now that it's almost silly not to buy something. Right? Because if you can borrow money from banks at below 4% rates, it is silly not to do so. You start getting a 6 and 7%, it's like, okay, maybe, if you're getting a good deal. By the time rates start crossing that 8 to 9% rate, it may be time to not borrow money anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? When you look at countries that have taken the uh, tax deduction off of mortgage, like Canada is one great example, interest rates in the Canada market are below 2%. In many cases, you can get a one and a quarter, one and a half percent interest rate. Why is that? Because there's no incentive in Canada to keeping a mortgage up there, right? We keep mortgages because we have a tax interest benefit that allows us to write off the mortgage interest. I think it's an incredible deal, but the fact remains, if you remove that benefit, when interest rates are one, one point two, one point five percent, you can tell there's not a huge demand on people to get mortgages, right? Because, man, nobody really wants a mortgage up there. Just pay the house off, right? Or, you know, a lot of money flows through Canada, eh? (laughs) So you look at cities like Toronto and et cetera, booming economies where just five years ago, houses were selling three, four hundred thousand dollars that are now one million, one point one million, one point two million dollars. That market is running unchecked, completely out of control right now. That's a lot of sub, baby. (laughs) Eh? So here in our in the country, I don't think we're going to get rid of the mortgage deduction anytime soon. That, that's my opinion. I don't know. It's talked about every single year. But while there's a interest benefit, a tax benefit to having a mortgage, we will continue to have a demand on the mortgage market. And i got to be frank with you. I just said that the reason prices are running unchecked right now is because interest rates are low. If we were to remove that tax deduction, I think it would get even worse. See what I'm saying? Because now you're going to have a decrease in interest rates. If you can borrow money at 1.2%, hey, listen, for the record, if anybody out there wants to lend me any amount of money at 1% interest, I will take it. Because <laughs> that's basically free money. You see what I'm saying? Like, if you want to give me a million dollars at 1%. I like free money. Free money's awesome, right? I will Almost happily pay a 1% yeah. interest rate on anything. That, that's a great deal. But this is not a reality here. In Canada, that's very real. Okay, but look what happened to their prices as a result. So is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? Mm-hmm. 
it's kind of it's tough. It depends if you're a homeowner. Right, exactly. It's incredible. Right. It's the best lead you've ever got. Right. <laughs> if you are trying to buy a house, eh, right. Okay. And I know our listeners range. I know a lot of you. I've talked to a lot of you. Some of you guys are very established investors. You've been buying houses for years, and and you're seeing it, right? You're seeing your prices go up on your properties. You're building a portfolio that should be your long-term strategy is to buy and hold real estate that provides for you and upcoming generations forever. Here's the thing about real estate, housing. That's never going out of style, (laughs) right? You know, the Tesla might go out of style if a better autopilot car shows up, right? Maybe maybe go from electric cars to hydrogen-powered cars. Who knows? That right. may go, right? Maybe we'll just start transporting places and cars will go away entirely. I'm ready for that. Right? Food is not going away and shelter is not going away ever. We will always need those two items. So those are two pretty stable businesses. So if you're buying a property to live in, I want you to look at that home as something that one day you could turn into a rental home down the road so you can provide an income for yourself because why work for the rest of your life? Just imagine buying foreclosure property below market, putting renters in that property at three to $400 a month in profit per unit and now multiply that by 10, 12, 15, 20 units. My mentor, the guy that taught me real estate, has 115 rental properties. Think about that for a moment. 115 mini paychecks coming in, and I got to tell you, he's had them for a while, okay? So some of these aren't mini paychecks anymore, right? right? $700, $800 a month times 115 houses. You think he works every day? No. Working on his next vacation plan, probably. Or his his really fast GTR. Long story. Love you, Michael. Let me borrow the car. Um... (laughs) You can get there too, but you got to start with the first house. So if you're on the sidelines right now wondering whether or not you should be buying real estate in the top of the market, the answer is yes, but you got to buy at the bottom of the market, right? And if you're not working with an agent that is looking for great deals in the marketplace, with all due respect to my fellow agent brethren out there, you guys got to get with the times. If we keep selling people at the top of the market, they're going to get hurt, period. Right? And listen, that's not the end of the world. The market goes down, the market goes up. As long as you're still living in the house, it doesn't really matter what the property is worth as long as you live there. Right? But if you're thinking you're going to sell that property, you want to make sure you have equity in that home the day you turn the gate. Not building over a 30-year mortgage that takes five, six years to make any dent in it at all. But the very day you get started, you find out you've got... 10,000, 20,000, 30 grand worth of equity. And listen, when you buy a house with a foreclosure deals coach program through me and my agents, you have a guaranteed $10,000 in equity the day you turn the key on that home or we'll give you $10,000 in cash. I know that sounds like a gimmick, but guys, we do that because we know that we can find the best deals in the marketplace. Simply give us a call, hook us up on foreclosure deals coach and let us know you want a foreclosure deals coach train agent to work with you to get you the best deal. The markets are changing. It's changing right before our eyes, and we want you to be a part of it. So I hope that answers your question on what drives the foreclosure market, interest rates, employment rates, right? And I hope you understand why this show is going to be the most powerful resource in all of foreclosure buying across the U.S. Thank you so much for all the kind words. Thanks for keeping the word out there about the podcast. We're going to keep it going, man. We appreciate all the feedback. It really jazzes us up to hear from you, our wonderful listeners of the show. And we're going to bring you the best foreclosure data available right here on the Foreclosure Deals Coach podcast. But that is our time for the week. We promise to keep these things relatively short because we know you got stuff to do. So with that, this is Donnie Corum your foreclosure deals coach and the foreclosure deals coach podcast saying don't buy a house buy a deal. deal
that's what you got here. Only God can judge me, so I'm gone. Either love me or leave me alone.